Welcome back, everyone, to the Really Real Real Estate Podcast. Do you have a student who is going off to college in the next couple of years? Are you worried about what room and board might cost, especially if they decide to attend a private or out-of-state school? Today on the podcast, we talk about an alternative to paying for room and board for your college student, specifically in the way of purchasing a home for them to live in while they attend college. Only from the mind of Jason Wilcox, folks. Uh, my name is Lee Lombardi, so here's the man himself, Jason Wilcox, to uh, talk about this uh, very uh, unique, uh, uh, innovative kind of idea. Uh, I was looking over these notes, and I was telling him, I'm like, I, I've never heard of such a thing, and but it, I can see where I could, I do see a sort of logic behind it for sure. Yeah, and it's really interesting. Um, as I've often said on the podcast, you know, a lot of the topics for the podcast come out of my own individual transactions, mm-hmm. things that come up with my buyers and sellers. This is actually something that got me thinking uh, over the last couple of weeks because my cousin actually just moved into um, her, her uh, dorm room at college. She's going down to WVU, okay. which is where I went. Yep, yep, yep. All hail to uh, West Virginia. <laughs> Suck it if you went to Pitt. Um, and it, it's funny because if they, if my aunt and uncle listen to this podcast, they have no idea I'm even thinking these thoughts. Uh, I have not uh, talked to them in the least oh, about this. So, so. they're going to be surprised. <laughs> so I have yet to actually have this conversation with, him, with them. So it's all theoretical. But it got me thinking. I've, I've had this conversation with one or two people before, and it has worked in some certain specific instances. Um, yeah. So there is the possibility of potentially um, – purchasing a a property for your student uh to live in while at college uh which is kind of funny remember when i said was a couple podcast episodes ago you were talking about not living in or not purchasing a house in oakland pit moving weekend well (laughs) here's here's something that's contrary to that this this is the exception that proves the rule correct yeah yeah but uh yeah so it's an interesting conversation now i should say right off the bat this is not everyone's cup of tea and um you you cannot do this on a whim. Um, this is t- something that takes time. It takes thought. Um, it takes somebody who really kind of has looked at the um, the whole playing board. This is the quintessential. I know it's cliched, but this is the quintessential. We're playing chess here, not checkers. Okay. Um, so, so there's some things that need to check the, the boxes. But um, if you check all these boxes, it might be something to consider, hmm. um, you know, as you have children that are entering into uh, the realm of college. Okay. So why consider doing this instead of just having them take, you know, because, you know, what we did was we went to, you know, started out in the dorms and then we went and rented, uh, you know, either, you know, got a, got a house with our buddies or, um, yep. uh, uh, you know, an apartment or whatever. So wh- why would, why is this a good idea? So the first good idea, reason why it's a good idea is for the obvious, which is, you need a place to live anyways. Of course, of <laughs> and course. if you're going to pay room and board, you're going to have to shell out the money. So if you, you know, whatever room and board is going to be for the particular college, you're going to have to shell out the money and your child is going to need a place to live anyways, regardless. 
So why not, rather than going the room and board route, why not maybe look into purchasing what we would consider an investment property for your child to live in because they're going to need a place to live in anyways. Okay. All right. So I, I get I get the reasoning. Okay, hopefully more of this becomes a little bit more yes. uh, apparent as we go along. So so uh, what should you consider ahead of time then if you're gonna if you're gonna go this route? So uh, having helped people buy a second property, whether it's for a parent or a sibling or a family member, um, you need to um, talk to your lender if you're going to get a loan. Um, if you are looking to purchase a house okay. for someone, most likely the bank is going to consider this to be an investment property, okay. which means you're going to have to go the conventional route, which means you're going to have to get approved conventional, which has a little bit of a higher prerequisite than FHA or VA. And you may need 20 or 25% down. In fact, you're almost likely going to need 20 or 25% down. So you're going to need a little bit of a larger chunk of money up front, okay. um, which is the first reason why you need to make sure that you can do this. Because let's say you're even buying a modest $150,000 townhouse. Um, if you need 20%, that's $30,000 plus your closing costs. Hmm. So you could look at needing forty dollars to $45,000 up front to purchase the home. So that's um, the, the, the big thing that you need to prepare for ahead of time. You need to prepare for this financially. Okay. Now, the one answer I don't have, I meant to call up uh, our good buddy, Lucas Feathers before this podcast and I forgot. So please forgive me. Um, I meant to reach out to him and I'll check with him when I see him, him tomorrow. What I don't know if you can do, so ask your financial advisor this. If you're looking to purchase a, a property for your student, if you have money shelled away in some type of 529, some type of college fund that you can pull from, I know that the money can be used for anything college related, tuition, room and board, books, things like that. Okay. I don't know if a purchasing an investment property falls under the umbrella of quote unquote room and board. Usually that is something you're paying to the college. So if you have money saved up in a 529 or some type of college fund, just check because I don't know if you can use that money. So if you can't, you're going to have to have that money coming from um, another account. If you're going to, if you're going to do this. And the reason I say that is because not all of us on a whim can save up 45,000 in June, if you're trying to buy something in August, um, this is something that may take a couple years planning as your child is coming into middle school, high school, and you're starting to have those thoughts about where the money is going to come from, from a, a college standpoint, you may want to have that money set aside uh, financially if you're going to go this route. Okay. So what do you uh, look out for? Uh, when you are, you know, what, what, you know, what should be, what should you be looking for or looking to avoid or uh, when you're, when you're uh, going to go this route? Yeah. So when you're actually going to look at a house okay. for, for buying purposes and let, let's, let's start, let's start with this. And they, these aren't in my notes. So I'm going <laughs> uh -oh. to veer off to the, He's I'm going to veer off to the side. Free forming your lookout guys. 
<laughs> you're you're essentially buying an investment property. Okay. And this is the reason why you might want to do this. You're going to have to pay money towards room and board if your child goes the direction of living in the dorms. Okay. Whether it's one year, two years, three years, four years. If you're a super senior and on the seven-year plan, we had some of those. You're going to have to put that money in towards room and board. The reason why me, I would maybe want to look at purchasing an investment property is because think about it this way. Put that money into an investment property. Buy a property that over the course of two, three, four years, you can gain appreciation. Maybe you can do some upgrades, some remodeling, some minor projects. Get some equity. Get some equity in the home. Get a little equity. Yes. Uh, Okay. You said appreciation. Like, like I really appreciate this house. No, you mean, (laughs) you mean like. (laughs) When I say appreciation, I mean appreciation in value. I understand. No, I really appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah. The idea behind why you might want to do this is because if you do it the right way, and at the end of the two, three, four years, or even beyond, you sell it, maybe maybe you sell it and maybe after your closing costs and everything else, you walked away with a quote unquote measly $5,000 after you bought it, you touched it up a little bit. You let your kid live there for a couple of years, you sell it and you made five grand. You go, well, that sucks. I only made five grand. Well, look at it this way. If you were going to pay room and board, you were going to get nothing anyways. So the idea behind buying an investment property for your child is that maybe at the end of it, you might get a little money back. And you might say to yourself, Jason, why is this worth all this trouble? Well, the alternative is you pay room and board and you're out that money completely. So the way I see it is making your money work for you so that at the end of the couple of years, you sell it and you get some of your money back rather than shelling it under all a room and board where you don't get any money at all. Does that make sense? Right. To me, this is a, just another form of why I tell buyers to buy and not rent at the end of your rental career. All that money that you spent on rent was paying someone else's mortgage. It's gone. It isn't coming back. If you buy, you're building equity and appreciation into a home that that money is going to be yours. And it's the same thing here. And, and you might, you just might get bit by the real estate investing bug. Bingo. <laughs> you might go and do something like, this was kind of cool. I think I might like this. Bingo. Yeah, you end so, up, you might end up buying the whole damn town. <laughs> exactly. 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 You own that college by the time they graduate. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Become the mayor of uh, Penn state or something, the unofficial mayor of Penn state. But yeah, so that, that's why we're doing this. And so hopefully that sheds a little light onto why this, this is something that, that could be considered. So I say that Lou, to bring us back to our point, which is what should I be on the lookout for when purchasing a home for my college student, you have to go into this with an investment mentality. You just can't go, ooh, this has pretty walls. I like the street it's on. You've got to be a little bit more- um, Strategic. Investor, like, yeah, it's strategic in your thinking. Right. Because when, I promise you, when you sell this, whenever you decide to sell it, 
things are going to become an issue. I can tell you right now, even my renters who are willing to pay a little bit more for a rental home are not going to deal with on-street parking, are not going to deal with a house that doesn't have washer and dryer hookups, not going to deal with a house that's got one bedroom or three bedrooms, but two of them are captive because you got to walk through the first bedroom to get to bedroom two and three. I can tell you right now, if you're trying to rent a house to your child and they're trying to pick up two roommates and everyone's got to go through the first person's bedroom, that is not going to end well. Trust me. Each bedroom. I, I, I knew people that had living arrangements like that in college. Absolutely, there was there was a lot of crazy houses like that because yes. those those uh, landlords were like they just kind of knew they kind of had a gold mine. You know, the college students are going to rent it; they don't care, you know, and that's their problem. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and and here here's why here's why I I go the opposite direction because to me, Lou, too many investors go, oh, I got I got a house that's a block from Pitt's campus. I'm going to just always be able to fill this up with pit students. Well, yeah, that's true. But for me, where I want to make my money is I want to make my money on a house that I can buy for a hundred thousand. And then if I've taken care of it, if I've fixed it up and say I've owned it for five or six years, maybe the appreciation has come up and I could sell it for 120 or 125. If you Pardon my French, because I know we try to keep this PG, but if you buy a shithole, you you might buy something for 50000 but then in five years, you're going to turn around and sell it for $52,000. Um, and, and to me, that's not necessarily where the money's made. My money, I at least for me personally, what I want to do is I want to go in buying a property that I know is going to have good resale value. And what's going to have good resale value is what we're talking about now. These amenities that you need to look at that anybody is going to look at whether they want to buy it or they want to rent it. So there are probably four to five things you really need to, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I have seven things on my list. (laughs) See, I can't count. Seven things that you need to look out for when you're purchasing your home for Mm -hmm. your your child. Number one is location. Um, Obviously, if you are if, you know, if you're wanting to live on WVU's campus, buying a house in Charleston isn't going to work because that's a three and a half hour commute. <laughs> so yeah. You, be, <laughs> you know, and, and, and to make it to make it more to make it more understandable. Then you're um, buying the you, kid a couple, probably a couple cars. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, but I, a perfect example is, you know, if you're if your child's going to CMU, you know, you may not want to buy something in North Hills. Yeah, that's only maybe 10 miles away, but that's still going to be a 50 minute commute yeah. no matter which way you cut it. So yeah. location has got to be key. It's got to be key key um to where your child is going to be going and i can tell you this much for my for for me when i was going down to wvu wvu can actually be split into three campuses the health sciences campus the evansdale campus and the downtown campus and i was a music major so i was on the evansdale campus so a prime location for me was not at all going to be the same prime location for somebody who needed to be on the downtown campus or the health sciences campus right so that's where an intimate understanding of the campus is going to be important. So yeah, you can't just like pick a spot on that. That looks kind of close because as Jason just mentioned in Pittsburgh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's in terms of the as the crow flies is real close. But <laughs> it take you half exactly. an hour to get there. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and I should mention this is a great time to to bring up this no, uh, this notion. When I talk about the check boxes of there's a bunch of things that need to be checkmarked when it comes to this this idea. 
Um, you also need to be really cognizant of where your child's going to school. Right now, I live in Pennsylvania, Western Pennsylvania. If I have a child that goes to WVU, maybe um, Teal College, uh, Penn State, um, Allegheny College, Slippery Rock, Edinburgh, this is something I'm going to consider. If my child's like, hey, dad, I'm going to UCLA, I I'm not doing this because I have no desire to want to buy a rental property in California when I'm living here. Yeah. I want to be within a relative drive. Now, that's just me. That's just my personal opinion. Also, also, the, also, the like the the taxes, the laws, the ordinances are be, in Cal would be completely different, it would be very foreign to you. Yep. And, you know, yep. unless you're like, yeah, no, no, you, you, that that makes. I mean, you know, you're right. Uh, there's probably somebody listening who goes, "Oh no, no, you know, I've lived in California for 20 years. I know exactly." Okay, then that's fine for you. But most yeah. people are going to be like, "It's probably not a good idea." I yeah. know what you're saying. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, or, or let, let's go. Let's go one 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 step closer. Let's say your your child goes to Boise State, which I believe is in Idaho, right? Okay. Idaho. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, I don't know anything about Idaho. I don't know their laws, their taxes. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about it. So if you say, hey, I'm still willing to consider this, even though Idaho is halfway across the country, you're going to want to do your research to make sure it's okay right. that you're not going to run into any snags. Um, the other thing to keep in mind, too, is a great time to also mention you need to have this conversation with your CPA because you need to figure out what tax implications you're going to have buying a property out of state. But that goes without mentioning. So the next thing you need to look at is the amenities. Um, again, and 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 some of this stuff is going to make more sense when I get to my next bullet point. But you got to look at the amenities. What's the parking situation look like? If, are there hookups to washer and dryer, or if there are no hookups to washer and dryer, where's the nearest laundromat? Um, it does no good if you buy a house with no lot washer dryer hookups. And oh, by the way, the nearest laundromat is you know five well, and a half well first of away. all if you're if you're buying a house and there's no washer and dryer hookups don't buy that house well that's just yeah. that's just no just don't no, come on exactly <laughs> you wouldn't exactly. live there yourself with no washer and dryer exactly. that's a point. It's one of the reasons why you buy a house you know so you don't apartment living is going to the laundromat house exactly. living owning a house is no i do my own laundry in my house <laughs> yeah but i will say this lou i have had buyers buy houses that had the capabilities, but they did have to hire a plumber to insert the washer dryer hookups. Okay. So the rever the reverse is that is if you're buying a house with washer and dryer hookups, you best bet your 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 sweet bippy that if I can put them in with the hiring of a plumber, I'll still make an offer in a house, but you ain't getting asking price. I'll tell you that right, much. right, no, 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 no. Yeah, so so that's okay. Of course, washer and dryer hookups. Yep. What what and when we talked about, we don't want captive rooms. You gotta be thinking about stuff like that. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, you, you 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 don't want captive bedrooms. You know, the other thing that you don't want too is you don't want necessarily a five bedroom house because some people may be thinking, oh, that's great, five bedroom house. I can get five college students and they can split the rent five ways. That's a great thought. Oh, it only has one bathroom. That's gonna be a problem. Yeah. So, like, you need to think about the layout. You need to think of what what's how that's all gonna play out. I'll give you a perfect example. I rented a house for for two years down in Morgantown where there were two bathrooms, one upstairs, one downstairs. The problem was the one downstairs had a shower, but it was a bathroom that was right off the living room. That was all fine and fantastic as long as the two other roommates that lived with me didn't have their girlfriends over. So I'm coming out in all my 310 pounds of sexiness, you know, in my towel and my dripping wetness, walking through the living room, hey, you know, wait, while they're- Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, no, 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 no. You, that could have been an opportunity, Jason. They would have been, hey, why don't you come over here, man? We'll have a little party with Jason. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, you missed out. 
you didn't, I did. I you did. did not have you enough sh- an imagination with that. Uh, <laughs> no, you know what the problem was, Lou? You weren't my wingman in college. That's really what this was. If you had been my wingman in college, oh, the stories. Oh, Lou, that would have been Well, you're a, you're a married man now with a child, so we have to, we have to um, knock this off. I'm a very happily married man. Yes, thank you for reminding me of that, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next thing you do want to consider is price. Um, again, this is a, this is a rental home, um, so I'm not necessarily encouraging you buying something that's $550,000 because the chances of you recouping that in the next couple of years is not going to be likely. Um, you want to buy something that's modest. You want to buy something that's got good resale value. Um, you know, you want to buy something that that's not going to be uh, above your uh, above your price range or above a price range that's not normal for that area because again recouping that in a couple of years you have to remember um you may or may not again we're going to get to this conversation later but if you don't have the desire to want to hold on to this property for 20 years you have to think that if you're reselling it in three to four years you want to be in a price range that's advantageous for the price range to the price to go up in three to four years and again if the average home sale in in that neighborhood is 150,000 you best not be buying a four hundred thousand dollar home because the chances of of getting that back is going to be slim. So do watch the price. Okay. All right. Um, I do have a note about uh, the utilities. Um, what's re- this? This is not so much for single-family homes. Um, this is going to be more for if you end up buying like a duplex or a triplex or a quadplex, uh, because you want to find out if the utilities are split. Because um, if they are great, you can make your child uh, responsible for them. Um, you know, or your child and the other tenants that you might have. Um, if they're not split, you're going to have to figure out how you're going to handle that. Because if you've got a triplex uh, and the utilities are not split, the bills are going to come back to you. And then you may either A, be responsible for it, or B, find a way to split it with your tenants. Also, I know up in here in PA, going back to some of the things that are at least, you know, unique to our area, a lot of municipalities now will not let you put water and sewage into tenants' names. They need to stay within the landlord's name. Um, so again, if you're not from this area, you might not know that because water and sewage in PA right. are leanable, and so you may not be able to put those in the la- in the tenants' names. You may have to work a way around that, or you may have to factor that into uh, the monthly the monthly rent. Okay. 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 Uh, um, meals. This is more just for your college kid. Remember, room and board a lot of times will come with a meal plan. So um, if you're buying an investment property, it's not going to have a meal plan. So you're still going to need to factor in what your plans are for your child. Um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, this was something I thought my parents were high uh, when I first moved into college, and they ended up being 100% right. Uh, they're like, yeah, Jace, we're all going to buy you a 10 meal a week plan. I was like, I'm sorry, what? You want me to starve to death? And they're like, well, let's see what happens and then we'll go from there. They're 100% right. There were weeks where I had a tough time because I didn't eat breakfast. So right there, that eliminates seven right. meals a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm now down to 14. But then if I was going out with friends, like on a Friday or Saturday, you know, or if I was going yeah. home for a weekend yep. where my parents came down to visit, all of a sudden you realize 10 meals a week. I mean, that got me lunch every day. Yep. But then, you know, yeah. So most weeks um, using 10 meals was kind of tough or maybe 14 meals. So just keep in mind that you're going to have to factor in your meal planning with your child because a lot of times and i do know this even if you live off campus a lot of times you can still buy a meal plan for your child through the university so you know you can always look into that yeah too, you, you that- absolutely I, I know when i went to iup you absolutely did and i and i did the same thing i i looked at the meal plan and i calculated you know three meals a day and then i really then i stopped and really thought about it and 
talked about with some friends are like, you know, when you come here, you're just not going to be going to the calf all as much as you think. Like yeah. you could probably do with like a lot less. And it was yep. good. It was good advice. Yep. Yep. Or, you know, even look at us as adults now, Lou, if I eat a big breakfast, I don't really need that, a that big happens lunch. sometimes. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. You can get away with a granola bar or something for so, lunch or vice versa. If you don't eat breakfast, then you have a bigger could, lunch. Could so. there, could there be rules and stuff that the college sets in place that might, Get, might throw a little monkey in the wrench with uh, with this plan of uh, yes. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and and it's really a simple answer that has a simple answer, which is yes. Um, I, every college is different, so my advice is going to be talk to the college to make sure that they don't require freshmen to live on the dorm or uh, in the dorms or that they require all underclassmen or, you know, if there's only certain off-campus housing, um, every college is slightly different in their rules and, and, and even the communities. I know with WVU, um, you know, you could live off campus. That wasn't a problem, but like where I rented, I was in, I was in a bona fide neighborhood. Like I was in a suburban neighborhood. I had the riot act read to me by my landlord before I moved in going, Hey, <laughs> no parties, <laughs> no parties. I mean, you're in a quiet neighborhood. I don't want to find out that you're causing a ruckus because you're having a kegger because I lived in a quadplex. And so three other groups of people lived in that quadplex and none of them were college kids. We we're the only college kids. Um, and he actually purposefully did not rent to juniors were the youngest that could rent his places. And even then he was a little skeptical. He preferred grad students. Um, so, you know, just be mindful. But I also know that I, I want to say some of the smaller schools, I don't know if it's maybe like Geneva or somebody I feel or Westminster. I feel like some of them may have rules where they want they want freshmen or freshmen and sophomores living on campus. So just make sure there's no rules to that. Yeah, you don't want to invest um, in a property and find out you can't use it. Yeah. 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 And then of course, this is just a hypothetical. There really is no uh, answer to this. Um, what if my child doesn't stay at this college, their entire college career? It's sad, but it happens whether they transition colleges, whether they quit altogether, whether they go into the workforce, so that's something else you need get to get knocked seriously... up. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, that, that, that is, that is a hundred percent. That is a hundred percent true. I, I had a roommate in college um, that he had a, he had a major in weed with a minor in drinking. And uh, after his junior year, he tried dating one of the girls in the music school with me. I said, Hey, have you had any contact with my old roommate? She goes, yeah, he's back home. I think he went to like a graphic design school or something. This was a kid. This is a kid that I lived with that made that, that propped up his bed. Cause you had the ability to be able to do bunk beds with roommates in our, in our, in our dorms to be able to save space. And so he propped his up like a, a bunk bed and uh, put a blanket over it to make like a fort tent type thing. <laughs> Because he basically started sleeping from like five in the morning to like two in the afternoon, and the sun was causing a problem. Ah, uh, so yes. That, through, yes. Yeah. Through an air sun, mattress yeah. under. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's 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 another thing you need to think about. Um, if if you know your if your child's going to school unsure with what they want to major in. Now, if you know, hey, my child's going to Harvard Law because that's all he's ever wanted to do since the fourth grade, well then you know he's gonna be there. She's gonna be there. At that point it's a little bit safer, you know, to yeah. assume that they're gonna be yeah, there. Yeah, every like we've said and, and we've oh this this whole thing, like every situation's different, every school is different, every yep. person is different, every family's different. So like what works for one may not work for you, etc. Yep. Um well, so so, what do we do with the house uh, once the our student graduates? 
hopefully so graduates. This, <laughs> this is the culmination of the entire episode right here. So you really have two options. You can keep it or you could sell it. That's really what it comes down to. Now, the reason I bring that up, Lou, is because that's the simple version. The, 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 the longer, more complicated version is going back to our previous points about picking a good rental with resale value and high quality amenities. This is a property that could become a full-blown investment property for you. After your child leaves, you may go, you know what? I'm not ready to give away this property yet. It's a great property in a great neighborhood. I can rent it to someone. You know, I, I will tell you right now, Morgantown is quote unquote a college town because without the college, I don't know that Morgantown would exist. Okay. However, however, you had a college with 25,000 students. You also had how many grad students, doctoral students, professors. You had two high-quality high schools in the area, University High School, Morgantown High School. Um, you had a community that existed outside of the school. And so there were other opportunities besides just college kids that needed a place to live. If you buy a high-quality rental with great amenities in a great neighborhood, you have a chance to purchase a sound investment. You may decide to sell it off after three or four years. By all means, you may say, you know what? I'm willing to keep this on as an investment property and try my luck and see what happens. If you take care of your property and you buy a good quality property, again, this goes back to why I say, don't buy a $50,000 piece of dump, piece of, yeah, piece of a dump, unless you're willing to maybe fix it up. If you buy a nice $125,000, $175,000 house or townhouse, it's something that could produce income for a while. And then if all of a sudden, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, when you have paid off a significant portion of that mortgage, you've built significant equity in the home, you go to sell this property. Again, I go back to why would I consider buying a house? Yeah. Because now, instead of shelling out all of that money for room and board, especially especially if my child is out of school or out of state school or private school, I'm telling you, the one reason my parents didn't murder me uh, going to WVU is that, not to brag, I was on full scholarship because otherwise my parents were pissed that I went to an out-of-state school that was literally 7.2 miles over the state line. Morgantown and WVU is literally... 7.2 miles over the state line in, in, in off of 79. So we were paying out of state tuition, you know, it, rather than, rather than shelling all of that additional money into room and board, maybe you buy yourself an investment property where you can get some money back. Again, if you have to pay room and board, you're already out that money. And obviously room and board's not going to be expensive as the tuition. You're still going to have to pay for tuition. You're still going to have to pay for books. You're still going to have to pay for meals. But if you can save some money on the room and board, you might just get an investment property that's going to be lucrative for you because otherwise the alternative is just like renting. You know that you're going to put money into room and board and you're never going to see that money again. At least if you buy an investment property, maybe you have a chance to make a little bit of money on the back end. So when they graduate, you can sell it. Maybe you get a little bit of money or maybe you keep it for five, 10, 15, 20 years, take care of it. Make sure you're getting good clientele, 
good renters, and maybe it's just an investment property that can pay you some dividends 10, 15, 20 years down the road when you sell it and you've made a little bit of, bit of money. I'll leave you with this, Lou. I don't give a crap what people say. I know on books, higher education is technically, quote, not for profit. You can take that rhetoric and shove it up your ass. Like it's total <laughs> bullshit. Um, colleges are out to make money. Absolutely. It's a business. It's absolutely, for sure. it's absolutely yeah, for a sure. big business. Why not you reap some of the benefits of maybe having a chance to make a little bit of money? Because you sure as hell know the college is going to make a lot of money. The, the, those are all great points. Um, one thing that I'm surprised you did not have in <laughs> these notes, and this is the first thing I thought, if you buy the house, then mom and dad – always have a place to stay when they want to come and visit and check up on you. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So that way, that way, just like high school, you still have to make sure the door's locked. <laughs> so you can't, so this is a great way to make sure the kids are behaving themselves because you get to pop in and whatever you want, spend the weekend to make sure that, uh, you know, Hey, I'm coming down. Cause I want to fix that, uh, you know, drywall, you know, you know, yep. you can check out everything that's going on. So, um, there, there's a, there's a, a additional motivation, uh, <laughs> Right there. Yeah, absolutely. I know we're getting we're getting our final thoughts here. Obviously, this is not something for everybody. There's just certain people that like they're just not going. Jason, just not. They, it's a great idea, but there's yeah. a lot of people who just they just don't want to. They just not, can't time wise or whatever aren't going to just be able to be bothered with this. So like, keep that in mind. We're putting this out here as a kind of like, it's a kind of a wild card idea. It's a good idea yeah. if you're of the mind to be able to manage something like this, but it's not for everybody, but it is food for thought. And there are people probably going to listen to this and go like, damn, I never thought of, I know I never, I never did. And I, I just definitely, you outlined the benefits. Excellent. Do would you have any final thoughts before we close for today? Yeah. The biggest thing I just want to reiterate, like you just said, Lou, just going back to the beginning of the podcast, this idea is not for everyone and it's not something you can do on a whim and it's definitely something that you're going to need your team you're if you're not in real estate or you're not investment full-time you need a trusted real estate advisor preferably in the area of where you're going to be buying a perfect example is if i do decide to buy something down in morgantown i i know what to look for but i'm going to need somebody down there to help me you're going to need to talk to your attorney your accountant your financial advisor because there are a lot of implications that go in on the tax side, on the financial planning side. Um, so it's not something that's on a whim. You cannot go in June. Oh, my child's going off to school in six weeks. I think I might buy a property. It's something you have to think about long before um, it's part of your part of your planning process. Uh, but if it does check mark all the boxes, it could be something. But if it doesn't, it's okay. This is just something out there for us a special group of people if they're interested and above all else, if it's even something you want, it may check all the boxes and you may go, nah, you know what? I still just don't want to deal with this. And that's okay too. That is totally okay. Just an option, just an option, just an option. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Yep. Exactly. All right. A uh, very interesting podcast today. I really had my sort of like eyes open. This is not something I'd ever thought of. I think I think that uh, it can be a great idea for the right person, and maybe that is you. Uh, if you are thinking about doing something like this, or you're just 
thinking, you know, I think I might sell my house next year. Or, um, you know, uh, we got to get out of this apartment. Our family is growing and I got to start thinking about, you know, in the next year or so getting into a house. Uh, Jason is the guy who can guide you through this process starting way, way, way at the beginning. So even if you're just kind of have the inclination right now, you, you know, have a conversation with Jason, uh, He's not uh, one of these guys who's like, you, he's got to close you in six weeks. That's not what he's trying to do. He's trying to build the relationship. He's in this for the long term. This is why he's been doing a podcast for uh, over a year. He's obviously committed to this, and uh, this is his deal. This is his area of expertise, and he wants to share it with you. You can reach out to Jason at 412-651-4638. Uh, you can call or text that number or email Jason at jason.wilcox at pittsburghmoves.com. He wants to be your real estate advisor. Um, and just for me to give you a little bit of advice, if you are listening to us on uh, Apple Music, um, sometimes it used to be called iTunes, uh, please hit that rate and review and give us a five star and leave, say something nice about us. It uh, goes a long way to uh, bringing more and more people to the podcast. And we definitely want to grow this as much as possible. All right. Thank you guys for hanging out with us today. Wildly interesting topic. I know that I was completely uh really uh this really caught me off guard and uh, held me the whole time so good stuff and if you want more good stuff we will see you all on the next really real real estate podcast